Welcome back to the Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Edwin Porras, Dr. Physical Therapy, Medical Analyst at FantasyPoints.com. Today, we have the man of the people. He's a content creator at Action Network HQ and Fantasy Labs. He does his daily AMAs. I'm, I'm going to have to ask him when those started. He is the prop prophet. If you go to myaction.app slash Oracle, you'll fi- figure that out. Anywhere else we can find you, Mr. Matthew Friedman. Yeah, just uh, on Twitter at Matt F. The Oracle. Unfortunately, that is the handle uh, because Matt Friedman, Matthew Friedman, Friedman, Matthew, Friedman, Matt, they were all taken. All versions that have anything to do with my name, they were taken by the time I got to Twitter in 2013. So Holy I had to, go, had to go with something else. But so on Twitter, you can find me at Matt F. The Oracle and you can you know find the work uh, at Action Network and Fantasy Labs. You're the man, dude. I appreciate you coming on. Um, I, it's sort of ins- every time that I get a guest on that I've been listening to their podcast, it's like inception. When I hear their voice, I forget that I'm supposed to respond. So if I ever pause, uh, because, because yeah, when I listen to you host, I'm like passively listening. I'm not supposed to be involved in the conversation. And I hear your voice and I'm like, all oh, right, I'm supposed to respond to this guy. I've been listening to your guys' podcast for, I think it's been two or three years now. And I actually discovered you um, around the same time I discovered the, the folks over at Fantasy Points, uh, Joe Dolan. So Joe and uh, Sean and you, you and the crew got me through like all of my fantasy leagues that I was in. And it was probably the best, best content I had ever consumed up until that point. So I think that's, uh, it's super cool that I can uh, get the opportunity to talk to you, man. I'm like a, I'm like a fanboy, to be honest. Right, well, that's, that's, uh, that's nice. It's a little bit weird because uh, I'm just yeah. a dude who, who tries to pretend as if he knows what he's doing. But honestly, that's uh, pretty much like most other people in the industry. Um, I, I broke into the industry in 2013 with Rotoviz, which at the time was run by a guy named Fantasy Douche. And he had this expression that like, we're all self-taught hacks which is, is very true I, ex- with the exception of you, because you're actually professionally trained in the stuff that you're talking about. You probably have more authority to be talking about what you are talking about compared to anyone else in the industry with what we talk about. Yeah. I mean, you could say that at the same time, there's a lot of hacky ish type of noise that do we really know what a hamstring injury does after they come back? Right. Do we really know what a lateral, like, like half the, half the time the injury report is like a guesstimation. So I appreciate the shout out, but no, really, it's really cool having you on. So I, I, you mentioned before we started talking before we hit record that you're like, you know, we have, we don't have a lot of fantasy stuff listed. That's okay. So the reason I don't have a lot of fantasy stuff is because I bring people on who I'm just genuinely curious about beyond fantasy. And you're, you're like one of you're like, the seventh wonder of the fantasy world for me, because I have all these questions swirling in my head. The first one that I've asked you during one of your AMAs once was, what are you drinking in that coffee cup in your, in your Twitter, Abby? What am I drinking in that coffee cup? So that picture is from uh, a place called Book and Bar in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And my wife and I used to live there, um, moved away about, I guess, six or seven years ago. Uh, but it was a, a great place to live about 45 minutes to an hour north of Boston, but on the seacoast, right on the border with Maine and um, just a nice little seacoast town. And we still have friends uh, who live there and our godchildren still live there. So we go back, uh, you know, maybe once a year if we can. Things are different now, obviously, with the coronavirus. But um, yeah, so I would say that was a skinny decaf cappuccino at Book and Bar, which was like a great place because they, they sell used books. Um, but they also have a bar there where they have coffee, they have alcohol, uh, they have a really great menu there. 
So just like a, a good place to kind of chill and hang. And um, one of the things that was cool about Portsmouth, New Hampshire, uh, is that, well, I don't know if it would be cool anymore, um, but back in the day, uh, when it was kind of cool to see politicians when they were coming through town uh, in the primaries, uh, a lot of them would stop by book and bar and would have events there. Uh, and so, you know, I'd say like eight, 10, 12 years ago when it was a, maybe a slightly better political climate and you could have, Likely. I'd say like more, more <laughs> like genuine conversation to where, you know, it's like less adversarial and it's more like, okay, what is this person about? And there's more, you know, political consideration between different sides. Uh, it was cool to be able to, to hear people uh, or to see people uh, have access to them in a smaller venue like that. So uh, Book and Bar, a really cool place in Portsmouth, a really cool town. No, that does sound cool. That sounds like something that I would be actually interested in uh, being around people and listening to people. I think too often in this political climate, and we don't have to get too much into it. If people are dehumanized. I think a lot of times you're, you know, you lean way too far that way or lean way too far, whatever way. And it just dehumanizes people. Like one of the reasons I bring people on like you, Rich Rebar, JJ Zacharyson, because you guys have these hordes of followers who will just like are just waiting in the weeds on Twitter specifically to just call you out on some, some call you made, like some, some person who, you know, John Smith, one, two, three, who has never put anything out, has an egg for Twitter, Abby calling you guys out. I just feel like it's a little, a little dehumanizing. So it's nice to hear, uh, nice to get to know you guys a little bit better. Cause you, I mean, you really are just dudes, right? Like I joke about being a fanboy, but you're just dudes. You like a coffee shop. You like talking to politicians when they used to come through. And it, I mean, I think that's the coolest part. So another thing is I, I wanted to ask you, I'm going to flip-flop these questions. Yeah. First of all, when did you start the, the daily AMAs? Why did you start the daily AMAs? And what is the weirdest question you've gotten during one okay. of those AMAs? Uh, so those are, those are some good questions there. Um, the, I, I have it written down somewhere, the exact date I started. I think it was maybe August 13th. Um, in this this past year but I, I don't know for sure off the top of my head i know i have it written down somewhere which i should look at it because like the the six month anniversary or something like of that it's probably coming up pretty soon but um the, the kind of story and i'll just say apologies if you've heard this before um the story is my wife and i had just moved to minnesota and we were uh kind of exploring a seacoast town not seacoast a, a river town um on the mississippi river and so you know, it was, a, it was a cool little place. She wanted to poke into different shops and I knew that that could take literally hours. Uh, and so uh, I was like, okay, I'm just going to go like hang out in this bar over here. Uh, Cause you know, the NBA bubble was starting. So there were some, some NBA playoff games, some hockey games I could watch. And so I'm there, you know, socially secluded, basically no one else in the bar. And it's not as if the action on TV was really all that great. And so, you know, I was just sort of there watching sports, but like totally lonely, you know, like I'm thinking if this is a normal situation, there are at least other people in the bar around me where we can be talking about the game, talking about sports, just shooting the shit, you know, but instead it's just me. And so um, I just pulled out my phone and started scrolling Twitter. Uh, and I was like, okay, I realized I actually have some free time, you know, like it, I might as well like try to get some human interaction so I just said something like, uh, hey, I've got some free time. If you have questions about fantasy, I don't have my ranks with me, but I can still answer some questions. Uh, and I was surprised by how much um, interest 
there actually was in that. And, you know, that uh, AMA session went for like, I think over an hour. I mean, it basically went the whole time until my wife showed up at the bar after shopping around town. So you say one hour, it might've been, you know, a whole day. It was at least an hour. I don't think it was quite two hours, but it was, it was a pretty solid chunk of time. And um, I don't know, like that experience just kind of like it stuck with me. So I did an AMA the next day. And then I just kind of kept doing it after that because people were interested and, um, you know, there were kind of like unintended consequences or like when you sort of experiment with something, you kind of learn like, oh, hey, there are like things that are good about this that I never would have anticipated. Uh, so for instance, you know, like I think I sort of realized by doing that, um, that there are people on Twitter who want to have some human interaction, you know, like they, it's not just like, oh, hey, give me your ranks or whatever. It's like, they want to have something approaching a conversation if possible, especially in, you know, that time during the summer when a lot of people were just kind of in shutdown, quarantine, whatever, to have, you know, any kind of like quote unquote human interaction on Twitter as, uh, as shallow or as insignificant as that would maybe seem, it was still something, right? Uh, and so that was, I think, something that was a benefit. But then I also realized for me, um, it gave me a little more focus on Twitter and it allowed me to basically like to own the time that I was on Twitter. So instead of just kind of scrolling through social media, like for hours each day, um, I just get on Twitter. I do what I want to do. I answer questions and then I get off of Twitter and I get on with the rest of my day. Uh, so I, I honestly think that that helped me kind of focus what I was doing on Twitter and be more productive. Are you a very intentional person? Like in, in what you do, is there, is there always intention behind what you I, do? I, I try to be, I pretend to be like, like George Costanza pretends to be an architect. I, I pretend to be an <laughs> intentional person. Uh, yeah, like I, I would want to be, but I mean, I'm not as disciplined. Like if I have to be honest, I'm not as disciplined ever as I want to be. Although I am probably, I mean, like other people say like, I'm one of the most disciplined people they know, you know, so I, they don't know many people or something, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I try to be intentional with things. Um, I would argue that if you try to be intentional, that in, 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 and of itself is intentional though. I would, that's what I would, that's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes I guess I'd say I'm intentional, but not as efficient as, as I would want to be. That's, that's maybe the, the right way of, of framing it. You know, you, and then you asked, you asked the question, um, what's the weirdest question I've ever gotten? Uh, you know, for the most part, I get pretty normal questions. I don't get many trolley questions, uh, or trolley comments. I think part of it is because like, uh, I freely own my mistakes you know, like when I do something that's stupid, like, and part of it is a strategy. I'll just like acknowledge like, yeah, that didn't work out as a way to almost like prevent people from coming in and be like, well, you're an idiot. It's like, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, I've heard you own many mistakes on the podcast. The, the, yeah. the, fan, the fantasy flex, right? Fantasy flex. Yeah, the fantasy flex. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard you own up now that you say that I'm oh yeah, I have heard him say that a lot. Yeah, it's a, it's a defense mechanism. Uh, and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But, you know, so I, I feel like I don't get a ton of really out there, really kind of transgressive questions or comments. Um, one, one comment I did get or question was something like, uh, are you looking forward to losing your virginity? That was, that was a good one. Um, 
you know, been married over 10 years now. So any day now it should happen. Um, <laughs> any day now. Shut up. Yeah. You just got to wait for the right time. Man. Yeah. You just got to wait until everything's ready. Everything's right. It'll happen one day. Okay. The, the stars, the stars, the will, stars align will align at some point. Right. <laughs> uh, someone else asked me what, like, who was my first kiss? And, uh, you know, to, to protect all weird. parties involved, probably best not to go there. Although it's not like anything I like I'm ashamed of or something, but it's, you know, the questions like that, those are a little bit, those are the weird ones. Well, Matt, when you had your first kiss at 22, it is a good, you know, those, that person's an adult. They have, you know, their life, their career. They don't necessarily need you talking about, you know, your first kiss when you were 22. I'm joking, or, of course. Or 24. 24. <laughs> Sorry, 24 is 24. So you're only making me more curious about you the more that you talk. So I want to know, um, and I think that you're right when it comes to people want human interaction. And I think that's why there's a, when I do these interviews with people, with like you, 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 you Titans, you Twitter Titans, fantasy Twitter Titans, they get a lot, they get good tread because people want to know outside of like, what are your ranks? What are your tiers? Who should I bet on? What am I doing? I think people want to know more than that, especially in the off season. So tell me, can you walk me through how you started in this injury industry, like where it led you and where you're at now? Yeah. So I, uh, I had a very circuitous path to where I am now. And so I'll just, I mean, it depends on how far you want to go back. Uh, I, I was born, uh, but no, uh, like in college, uh, I, I wasn't very good at deciding what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, I, you know, I was motivated. I, I did well in school, but uh, I had a hard time kind of narrowing down different life paths. And as a result, like I basically ended up taking way more classes than I needed to. Like I was literally a triple major because I just like, I wasn't able to decide what I wanted to do. So I, I had a major in biology and chemistry and a major in English. Uh, and I ended up going uh, to grad school for English, uh, basically because I like to read. Uh, I mean, I mean, I could try to give you a better answer than that, but that's basically it. It was like, you know what, there are a lot of cool books in the world that I haven't read yet. And if I can go to grad school and, um, you know, if you're going into a PhD program, especially in the humanities, if things are kind of organized, right, like they actually pay you to go. Uh, and so my, my thinking was like, okay, if I can basically get paid to go to grad school, get paid to read books, like, I feel like that's a win. Uh, and so I did that. Um, but what I realized at some point was that I don't, I don't really feel like the dying need to be a professor. Uh, and if you don't want to be a professor, I don't think it makes a lot of sense to get a PhD in English. So, you know, there was a certain point in grad school where I was almost like back in the same predicament that I had been in college of thinking like, okay, what am I, what am I going to do with my life? Um, and so I was doing some, you know, you know, on the side, not like anything big at all, but like some stock market investing, kind of like thinking about finance. And I was also like playing fantasy sports and just getting, you know, way more into fantasy sports. And a, a point came and it was basically at the same time when all of these things were happening. Um, I left the PhD program that I was in. I terminated with a master's. Um, I started working for a finance startup. And I also started writing for Rotoviz. And the Rotoviz thing, like that wasn't anything close to like an actual job. That was just like something that I was doing. What year was this? Uh, this was 2013. Um, like my first article was 
on T.Y. Hilton, and it was March 13 of 2013. Um, and the way it came about was Fantasy Douche, who started Rotoviz. Um, and every time you say that, I'm like, who is he talking about? Oh, right, actual Fantasy yeah. Douche. <laughs> yeah, Fantasy Douche. Yeah, uh, who is a legend, by the way. And like, he is, he is, I'd say, directly responsible for so much of the type of analysis that happens in the industry now. And he's, you know, like not even in the industry anymore because he, he peaced out. Um, but he started Rotoviz and very quickly, Sean Siegel uh, was there with him. Uh, and John Moore um, was, I'd say like the first, the first staff writer at Rotoviz. And then I came pretty quickly after John Moore. And really it was just fantasy douche putting out a call for writers saying like, Hey, uh, I've started a site. If you're interested in writing a fantasy article, send me an idea. And so at that time I was, you know, supposed to be researching for a dissertation, um, you know, writing a dissertation and basically it was procrastination to send a fantasy douche an email being like, Hey, uh, here are some ideas I have. Um, what do you think? And so he liked some of the ideas and told me to turn one of them, the T.Y. Hilton idea into an article. And uh, it just kind of went from there. You know, uh, within a year, John uh, started the Road of His Radio podcast and I came on to be his co-host. Um, and maybe like a year, a year and a half after that, um, Fantasy Lab started and, you know, I had the opportunity to have a full-time job there which I was just incredibly lucky for that to happen. Um, so that was my first job. My first day at Fantasy Labs full-time was uh, in 2016 in January. I think like January 13, 2016, something like that. So just about five years ago. 13, that's a, that's a big number. March 13th, January 13th. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. It'll be, thir- it'll be 13 years of marriage when you lose your virginity, maybe. We'll see, right? We'll get there. Lucky 13. Joking. Lucky 13, that's right. So it's, you, here's, here's what I want to know. You're really good at this fantasy thing from, you know, in your own right. We also, everybody knows how good Sean Corder is. Like, what is it like? Is he a computer? Is he like actually a pocket computer? Does his, like, what, what is he, like, is he a Siri? You know what I mean? Is he like an Alexa? Like, how does his brain work? What is, what is that dude like? Uh, I mean, he's, he's, yeah, it's a good question. He's very modest. And I think part of that is like, you can hear that in the podcast. And it, that's also something that kind of shines through in his analysis is that it's very measured. There's very little that's hot takey with him. It's always grounded in the numbers. And then the way that he contextualizes the numbers is also through like a lens of humility of thinking like, okay, well, like this has like a 70% chance of happening, you know, like always, always thinking probabilistically. Um, And he's, I think really like, I've just heard stories. Like he's been like that. I think ever since he was just a little kid in terms of thinking like, what are the odds of something happening Uh, and always trying to set over unders for just random ass things. Uh, and it, <laughs> I, I do that with my wife, to be honest, I'm like over or under, I'm going to spend this many minutes, like on the toilet and she'll be like, you're an idiot. <laughs> yes. She's usually uh, right yeah, though. She always yes. hammers you over though. Well, 
I, I don't know you personally. I don't know, I don't know your bathroom <laughs> habits. So, uh, but she, she would, and she seems to be, to be on the sharp side of that. But um, yeah, I mean, Sean is just, he's very smart. And um, I think it's something where like his, his knowledge kind of compounds upon itself. Uh, whereas I, I think like some people, they kind of hit something and then they like, they plateau but I think he continues to get better every year in terms of like his process, but then also in terms of uh, maybe like the tools that he's using uh, and the, you know, the way he builds out his data set and everything like that. So he just, he continues to improve each year. Uh, and so like, that is something that is uh, pretty incredible. So what's in, a, in an honest moment, what is one thing that you think Matthew Friedman has taught Sean Corner? Nothing. I mean, uh, come on, you know, there's something, there's gotta be something. Uh, I do. Okay. Well, I'm trying to think like, there's a difference between like teaching someone something and like getting lucky or being right about like one thing, you know what I mean? Um, but you know, I, I was, uh, I was on the right side here. Actually, here's one thing I would say if Sean, errors in something it's in being too conservative and so there are times when i've been ahead of him just Double. because mm -hmm. i've been aggressive on things so like i remember andrew luck returning to action after his shoulder injury and i had him ranked way higher than sean did during the summer and then by the time draft season came around his projection had creeped up towards where mine was um, and it's, it was something similar with Jalen Hurts this past year where I was pretty aggressive on Hurts early on when he became the starter. Uh, and, and I would say like Sean and Chris were pretty aggressive on it too, but uh, I was a little more aggressive. And so if there are points where I've had a small edge on Sean, it's been when I've been just more aggressive and he's been, uh, I wouldn't say too conservative. He's just been like reasonably conservative on things that said like his measured approach serves him better than my aggressive approach serves me you're i think you are generally aggressive though because i can remember like at least a dozen instances on the podcast where he'll give you a line and you bet the over and that's like the running joke right you're it, like it is, you're like i'm gonna run i'm gonna bet the over <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is the running joke. I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> like I, I know, I know for some of them, I should be betting the under, but it's just, I, I can't, I can't help myself. And I know like he's setting, I know he's setting the lines basically to get me to, to bet the over and like, you know, Chris, Chris will normally bet the under and we'll have some sort of like happy balance between the two of us. Yeah. Then I definitely remember the episode where you're dude, I'm telling you, I'm a fanboy, and you're going to believe me after I tell you all these, um, uh, these stories that you might not even remember uh, squeaky chair gate for, Oh yeah. For, for Sean, anytime that somebody was saying something about a line and his chair would squeak a little more. Yeah. I remember that. So yeah, yeah you, I definitely like the interaction you guys have. I think it's you guys, you guys all have good chemistry together. So I think that's cool. So that's, that's a cool story, man. I think it's uh, you are just as modest in the sense that you had to stop and ask yourself, you know, what have I maybe, what are my strengths? So I think that you are definitely a modest person yourself. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't sell, your, sell yourself short there either. I did want to ask you though, we can get a little bit into, oh, and by the way, I knew immediately that you were some sort of like English major or something when you use the word circuitous, because I definitely had to Google. Oh, yeah. I've been meaning to tell you that. So yeah. okay. uh, anyway, so here's what I want to know. How did 2020 come out in terms of like betting, fantasy, 
I know that there were a lot of points scored. Um, and I want to know, do you prefer betting or f- over fantasy or do you prefer fantasy over betting? 2020 personally was a really good year for me. Uh, and I, it feels wrong to say that because like, you know, socially, uh, you know, for whatever, like just for a lot of people across the world, 2020 sucked. Um, but it was a good year for me in terms of my writing. I felt as if I had a really good process. Um, I, I felt my analysis was good. And it was more than like felt like my analysis was good this year. Um, I, I did well with the prop bets. Uh, I did well on my uh, sides. I, I feel like I've always been not that great on overs and unders. And that's just something I kind of like, I'm not horrible, but I don't have an edge there. You know, like I'm a little under break even like I'm around 50%, you know, um, this year on sides, I did, I did really well. Um, but like, I still don't think that I have an edge there. That is anything that, um, like is projectable moving forward. I still think in terms of, you know, like betting sides, I'm probably a slightly above average better there, but not like a, a quote unquote, like true sharp or anything like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a good year and I felt this year was really the first one in which I had some like true work life balance, uh, which, that's huge. which is nice. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. Well, and it's probably a grind for you week one through 17, at least, well, even through the Super Bowl, right? I mean, it's a lot of work. I mean, how many hours you probably put in more hours doing this job. I'm going to, at least I'm going to assume than you would at a typical nine to five. Is that right to say? Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, it's like, I'm, I'm a workaholic anyway. So it kind of doesn't matter what I would be doing. Like I will pretty much always be doing work. Um, and because I like it so much, like, I mean, I know there's that cliche of like, if you like your job, it won't feel like work. That's I, I, whatever. That's bullshit. Like, <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> if, if you're working, even if you like your job, it will still feel like work. That's not a bad thing. You know, like it's, it's a good thing to be working, to be exerting yourself it, and then all the better if it's something that you like. And, and so just because of the way that I guess I'm kind of wired, like I would be working nonstop pretty much anyway, but I didn't have as much, I didn't have as much pressure. Basically the difference was I was able to get five to six hours of sleep each night instead of like three to four hours of sleep, which oh makes a, a massive difference. Like in, in previous seasons, uh, like there, there really were some nights where it was like two to four hours. And it's like, I can do that sometimes, but I don't want to have to do that. So um, this was a really great season. And like five to six hours for me is like, that's fine. Like that, like that gets the job done. Um, so uh, yeah, it was, it was a good season in that regard. But yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, I mean, I would, I mean, it's, yeah, it's not a nine to five. It's like a, I wake up at five or six in the morning uh, and I start working and I pretty much work until like three or four. And then I have some food. Uh, like I normally have like an early ish, like dinner or whatever. Uh, and then have some food and then go back to work, you know? So you drink decaf coffee, right? Yeah. Yeah. How? 
I don't know. How? How, how do I do it without caffeine? Yeah, yeah. And, and why don't you drink caffeine? This is a little bit of a tangent here. I'm curious. Or no, if so, you don't have to, if it's like a health-related thing, we can, we can edit this out. No, no, no it's fine. Like it's, um, okay, so years ago, uh, I used to, and I would say like, I, I straight up, I was addicted to caffeine. And like, I just have a type of like addictive kind of personality and, may, and I think you can sort of see that with like work, like I am a workaholic and like, that's, that's fine. Like if you're going to be addicted to something, work is a decent thing to be addicted to. But, um, you know, I had a espresso machine. Uh, and so it would get dangerous. So, you know, I started out making like, okay, I'll have my like one, you know, whatever my one latte, one cappuccino. And then it's like, okay, well I'll do like, I'll do a double shot. You know, and then like it got to the point where literally like every hour I was making like quadruple shot cappuccinos. And it's like, you know what? Like I should probably stop this. Like I don't I don't want to have to be on like this kick of like, oh, I need the caffeine. Uh, And so about 10 years ago, uh, one like one week, I just decided I was going to stop. And that you did. Yeah, you just did. It, that was a rough week. I mean, so I was, I was legit taking Tylenol every day because I would get a headache uh, in the afternoon and around um, like after dinner, I would just have to go to sleep. And so I would like, let's say like if we're having an early dinner, like eat dinner at five, like I take like a nap basically like from six to nine and then like wake up at nine I'm awake for a couple more hours and then go to bed. And it was like that for like, I don't know, five or six days. And and then I was fine. That's brutal, man. What a, I mean, good for you though. It sounds like, dude, you, this is what I love about doing these interviews. Like you learn so much about somebody who you just listen to their voice on a podcast. There's so many layers to Matthew Q Friedman. I had that in there. It has a joke in there. I don't know what your middle name is. I just called you Matthew Q. What's your middle name? Uh, I, I, I don't, I, that might be part of the bit. Uh, I don't know. That, I, I don't, I don't know if I should, uh, if I should divulge my sorry, middle sorry, name. Sorry. Right, right, Someone right, might use that to still. Pete Overzet, I was going to say Pete Overzet might tell you never to give up the bit. So we won't miss Matthew Q. Friedman. Um, yeah. all right, man, I want to respect your time. You've given me so much time and this has been great. You put up with the technical no, but difficulties. Hey, like, I, I can, I can, I can keep going. Like I've, I've got time. We can Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll try to get through them though. We'll try to get through them. Tell me first of all, betting or fantasy with like a five word explanation. It'll make it fun. Or fantasy. Mm-hmm. Got to pick one or the other. We, you know, you know, the world we live in, Matthew, we, you know, that the worry you got to pick one. So betting or fantasy, you get a five to six word explanation. You're, you're an English master. You should, you should be able to do this. Well, I'll use a few words, betting because of player props. Oh, that's an easy one for you. Probably. Okay. Yeah. That's down. I'm down with that one. Next question. I want to know dynasty or redraft. You get a five to six word explanation dynasty because of the long term. And I haven't heard you guys talk a lot of dynasty, but you said you have dynasty ranks, right? On the site. Yeah, I do. Uh, I don't actually have dynasty rankings right now. I will probably do them within the next week or so, but I have rookie dynasty rankings. Uh, and I, I do a lot of NFL draft coverage um, and definitely focus on rookies uh, when they're entering the league. So the dynasty, I just, I love because I actually like it more than redraft because I like the long-term aspect. Like you make a decision and it impacts your roster for the rest of the time that you're in the league. Um, 
And like, if I'm not going to be doing dynasty and doing fantasy, like I would rather just do DFS. Like I just kind of want either like the immediate impact of making like a sit start decision that DFS gives you or uh, like the long-term, the long tail of making your decisions with dynasty. And that's right. not to take anything away from redraft. It, it, redraft is a great game too, but I just, I prefer dynasty. You heard it here first, Matthew Q Friedman hates redraft. So <laughs> kidding. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's go down to, okay. We'll change it up a little bit. 30 seconds or less. What advice do you have for sports betters and or fantasy players? You can pick one, you can do both, but you get 30 seconds. I'm timing you. Okay. Uh, for fantasy players, um, I would say try to be contrarian, but intelligently contrarian. Uh, and I guess going along with that, don't be afraid to um, just to take the players you like, you know, cause it's still your team. Uh, you kind of want to enjoy what you're doing. Um, and this is so obvious, but know your league rules like that actually matters. Oh, that was pretty good, man. You're good at this. See, you're concise. Uh, I like uh, this uh, English master. Okay. Now, what advice do you have? This, this one might be a little tougher because there's, I feel like it's more multifaceted. What advice do you have for content creators in this space? 30 seconds or less. I'll give you 31 seconds. I, I feel like this is actually an easier answer for me. Um, so work hard and then work even harder, like harder than, than you thought you were working. Um, have a sense of humor. Uh, maybe not even necessarily for your content, but just a sense of humor because that will help you get through all the shit that you have to do. Um, and then, you know, uh, be a little lucky, like kind of create your own luck, like put, put yourself out there. Uh, if you want to be a content creator, uh, just start creating content. You know, like I think too many people will email uh, or just sort of ask like, hey, can I write for your site or what should I do? Like just start writing stuff, just start doing stuff. That way, whenever you send an email to someone asking them for something, you have samples that you can send them. You know, if you want to do something, just start doing it. Perfect. I like that one a lot. This, I, and, I, and I think I agree with that. I, uh, I remember when I started and I'm, it's not, I'm not anywhere near the place where where you are, anybody at, at uh, Action Network is anything, but I did just start writing on a free WordPress and it was a shitty little site. Like the, the worst, I didn't even know what I was doing. WordPress is supposed to make it easy, but I'm just totally technologically illiterate. Um, bones, muscles, and joints, you can ask me about that. But like even setting up a WordPress site, I'm just like literally an idiot. So I think that's great information. I think that's, that's a great, I don't know how to, it's good in, a good encapsulation is work hard, work your ass off and then work harder and create your own content. I think that's, that's a really good way to look at it. Now, the last couple, I said here, you can answer two or more of these, um, but it's, it's gotta be from this sample of questions. So you can talk about the time you got the most drunk, a time you said something to somebody that you immediately regretted, or it could be an embarrassing story. The biggest accomplishment of your life where you can list your top five desserts. So two of those four. Okay, uh, biggest accomplishment in my life uh, without question, uh, getting my wife to marry me. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Right there. yeah. Uh, you know, like the, the home run that, uh, is, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to be able to come up with the, the right analogy for it, but like, that is the, the blessing from which all other blessings flow. Um, so easily the top accomplishment, um, the time I got most drunk, I believe 
was my 24th birthday in grad school. Um, oh, that was the year your first kiss. Yes. The, probably the night of, in, in fact, that's, I was celebrating, um, you know, so I, I mean, I don't have like any special story to go along with that. Like, you know, I was just, it was my birthday. Where'd you I was, wake up? I was hanging out uh, on the floor in my apartment. <laughs> on the floor? At least you got there, I guess. <laughs> was the yeah. party at your apartment or did you man- manage to get home? No, I, we, I managed to get back. And at that point, I was, I was dating the, uh, the woman who would become my wife. And so uh, I, and she I think she, she sort of just made sure that I was not dead on the floor. <laughs> you know, like she, I love it. Like she I took love the it. comforter from my bed and put it on the floor for me. You know, but yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I woke up on the floor. That's that's uh, extremely nice of her to do that, and that's yeah. why that's why you married her. So this has been fun, man. I really appreciate you answering basically all the questions I had listed here for you. Um, he is at Matt F the Oracle on Twitter. Matt, is there anything else, any parting words you have, anything you want to say could be related to fantasy betting, anything uh, of the sort or anything that's something that's totally unrelated? Uh, not really. Uh, just, you know, thanks for having me. Be sure to check out the content at Action Network. Uh, I should say, you know, March Madness will be coming up soon. Uh, hopefully oh this gosh. year. Oh my ho- gosh. It hopefully is. this year we actually have a, a basketball tournament, you know, instead of last year getting canceled. So almost, a, you know, uh, a month away, but March Madness is approaching and uh, I'm planning on doing uh, projections along with Sean Corner for uh, every player uh, in the NCAA tournament for each game. So for, for people who like to do uh, player props uh, for March Madness, they have a lot of player props out there. Uh, those are a lot of fun to bet and can be pretty profitable. So uh, I'm going to be churning out. <coughs> sorry about that cough there. I'm going to be churning out uh, some of that content and the, uh, the projections. So be sure to check that out. Awesome, man. I really appreciate you coming on again. Again, he is at Matt F. The Oracle. Check him out over at Action Network, doing a bunch of great things, doing a daily AMA. If you have any questions for him that are stemmed, that stem from this podcast, because he answered quite a few of them. I'm sure there are a lot of sub questions you have. You can ask him there at Matt F. The Oracle. Matt, thank you once again. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, man. By the way, I'm actually going to go do an AMA right after this. Yes, go do it. Absolutely. Yeah.